Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. The National United Podcast about aces in a row. Mr. Fernandes and I'm Chris Jai Wardna. Hello. We're about to review Born Too Late, uh, directed by Alan Myerson and written by Roger Garrett. He's going to have some facts about them later on. Oh, yep, indeed. Here's what this episode's about. When the girls, Sunny and Frank, attend a Dodgers game together, Lenny and Squiggy commiserate with Edna. Now, first I've seen a silent movie and wish they were as suave as the leading men they saw on the big screen. Filling through a young blonde customer, they stand together, split a coyote soda, and imagine how things might go differently for them were they two silent movie stars. They drift off into several silent film-inspired pastiches. A cowboy fantasy, a World War I drama, a horror picture, a Von Stroheim-esque personal drama, and a Rudolph Valentino-like romantic drama. Can they pick up some winning tips from their fantastic fantasies? What do you think about this one? Oh, sorry, you can't you can't see it, but I'm giving two thumbs up right now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, this this was a delight of an episode. This you had told me for ages that this was one I was going to enjoy. I had to get a couple of screen caps for it for um uh for I think our retrospective on uh David Lander when he passed away. You can tell everybody is having a blast. I mean, it, it actually is very fitting that uh, Alan Myerson, who uh was one of the key directors in the first season, this is his final episode for the show. And yeah. it feels really fitting because from a writing perspective, a directing perspective, an acting perspective, it is a blast. And it's kind of weird how, aside from the opening, Laverne and Shirley aren't even in it. This is actually a pretty much the boys and just the boys episode. Yep. 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 This is an all boys all the time episode. It is fabulous. Utterly fabulous. This is a great one. Uh, one of the best episodes of season six for sure. Uh, it has a lot of fun with the silent movie Milo. It manages to provide an authentic and yet fondly tweaking point of view on the silent movie years. The boys are fabulous. Michael and David act their butts off. And the framing device is really fun and really sweet, even. And funny. Yeah. I love that the boys come and they confide in Edna. Mm-hmm. Something really... And they're sad that the... Well, yeah, I was, was going to say, it's something. there's something really sweet about it because it's like... Edna is like the matron of the of the DeFazio, Kosnowski, Feeney, Squigman yep. clan. You know, she is the one she, because Pop, you can go to with a couple of things, but like really not really, because most of the time he's going to tell you something unintelligible. Edna can actually give you real advice. And there's something kind of sweet about them, you know, coming in and uh, and talking about the movies and uh it's it's yeah it's it's very precious in a way yeah 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 i love the way this episode manages to um make the boys more human again which they desperately desperately desperely needed after the last episode yes yeah it's ah. it's really in some respects hard to express how much of like a whiplash it practically is to go from yeah. the road to burbank previously to this, where the boys are night and day done so much better in this episode. Yeah. Because they're, yeah, yeah. you know, they're, they're still a little pervy, you know, and still a little rambunctious. And, you know, they're boys, you know, they're, they're, yeah. and they're still they're definitely the, the, the caricatures of Lenny and, you know, the, the uh, Lenny and Anthony uh, from the old days. Yeah. But they're back to what we had started to see growing through seasons three, four, and five, where, they're more human and they're more alive and they have desires. And I even love that Squiggy doesn't mind being the villain 
in most of these scenarios in their daydreams. And yeah. it's it's like he kind of lives for that. And then actually it becomes even more uh yeah. it even gets to be the 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 jealous woman antagonist in the uh, Rudolph Valentino yeah. one. Which is amazing. That was that one was great. I mean, how queer is that? We were talking about queerness in Laverne Shirley recently, and that was yeah. super queer. I mean, the boys almost kiss. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. In a romantic scenario where David is playing a woman. And it's not the last time he'll play a woman on the show. Oh, that's right. Yes, I unfortunately have seen a screen cap from that. But yes, 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 yes. Your sister, yeah. <laughs> that's coming. That's ahead. You don't have to think about that yet. I love that shirt. He, but he has actually got to have some heroic moments here in the World War One scenario, and he's very much the heroine here in the Valentino scenario because uh, Lunny's character is very, 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 very much um, not nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of discarded his his old flame and, you know, he's got the new, the beautiful woman, you know, and the the blonde. And it's oh. it's like, how dare you? And uh, okay. I love the reference even for that one is uh, Lust Tango in Spanish. Yes. Um, very yes. good. Yes. Yeah. So. So. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so such a good talking episode. about, you know, first impressions as well is I love how faithfully done these are as silent movies because I've I've. In the last few years, I've watched a lot more silent films. I'm still, I'm still catching up. I know that you're more of a, you're more of a silent film yeah. queen than I am anywhere near a silent movie king at this point. I'm, yeah. I'm still, still catching up. I'm a big Clara Bow fan. Uh, I love Mary Pickford too. Yeah, and I. So I've got some experience. I've seen like one Clara Bow. I don't think I've seen any Pickford yet. I'm. It's, it's one of those. They're just, they're just not around when I am in the mood. That's the catch. And so, yeah, you know. yeah, the catch is finding it. Catch is finding it. Really is finding it. It is. But um, but like I, you know, I love like uh Alice Guy Blanche. Um, you know, I love her work. I love uh the um oh god, uh, uh some of the Hitchcock silence are amazing. Um, well, you know, huge fan of Millier's and things of that nature. And so the the treasure I think in this episode is how carefully and faithfully they did these films because today you know, because cartoons and the like have done silent movie jokes and obviously a bunch of stock footage from silent movies have been used in um, cartoons and kids cartoons and things like that for the last like 30 years. And because uh, I mean, it was like, you know, Muppet Babies and Doug and well, not Doug, but, you know, that era of of cartoon. It was yeah. it was a cheap way to reuse stuff in the archive, you know, for uh, cheap jokes, but it's a very cute way of handling it. But anyway, um because one of the things I love about the war picture is that it's a great war film, as in World War One. Because today there are fools that would do it as a World War Two picture today, not remembering that it's like no, no, no. They had sound film by sync sound existed back then. I mean, there's there's actual like battlefield footage with sound that was recorded. It's like that those levels of authenticity, and you know they clearly understand. And as you're saying, like you know mentioning Rudolph Valentino and the horror picture and the von Stroheim. Those are like today, those are considered really niche references. But back in the yeah. late 70s, early 80s, a bunch of these people grew up on these on TV. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's very faithfully executed. Exactly. Very, very much so. I, they used to have uh, actual, they used to actually just show silent movies in the middle of the night on act, the public access TV. Hmm. And like places like Los Angeles, places like um, Chicago, they would show uh, silent movies. They would show uh, older movies because that's that's the only way you could get a hold of them for VHS. When VHS happened, it became more accessible. 
and then it became even more accessible when DVDs happened and way, way more accessible when uh, digital media hit its zenith. The only way you could see it would be like as like either at a revival cinema mm-hmm. in the seventies or on TV at some point late at night or on the on a PBS station. So this is actually kind of a nicely obscure tribute in its own way, even of its own time period. So yeah, you figure yeah. you figure the movies that referencing are from like fifty years prior. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be the latest silent films came out like in the thirties before sound fully took over. Mm-hmm. And those were so yeah, because my understanding, because I I yeah, re- yeah. I researched this for uh for a Call of Cthulhu tabletop RPG game of all things, which you Lisa yes. you you Lisa helped me helped me build that out. I did. But one of the things about sound is that in Hollywood they pretty much went a hundred percent sound by thirty one, but yeah. But in other countries, they still were making silent films. Because I think even some of the yeah. early Ozu stuff in the 30s was still uh, silent for a few years. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. and so, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. And so, like, some of his gangster pictures and stuff were that way. But, yeah, it's a... I love how niche it is. I lo- it, And also because it's like yeah. this time capsule of film appreciation of that period. It's kind of like going back and reading an old book about movies from the 70s or from the 80s, you know, or or watching a uh, uh, an interview or documentary that Bogdanovich or uh, uh, Scorsese had done. Ah. Ah. You, you catch what I'm saying? Cause it's, because it's like yeah. a way of us reflecting on their reflection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes on and on and on through the history of uh, humanity. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I love that. I just think, I just need to stop and think. Well, it's it's something to think about how things have changed, and it's it's also that I mean, all art forms have a genetic history, and that's why you know it's easy for us today to get really upset and frustrated with you know the content generation because the content generation is a is a black hole, you know, it's a it's a late stage capitalist you know nightmare basically, yeah. and I say this as a content creator for that matter, like. But that's the thing, though, is that, you know, they're referencing this in their way and making a joke about silent movies that then got picked up by shows like uh, uh, like, well, didn't uh, Clarissa Explains at all do us uh, a silent movie joke in their sitcom in the 90s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Other uh, sitcoms actually did go. I think there was there was a um, Charlie Chaplin prestige in the Brady Bunch. Yes. Two in the 70s. And um there, there were other references to silent movies going on, like into the eighties and the nineties, uh, before it became considered a special form of art, so to speak. Because this is why you know media education is really important. Because what I, I yeah. also love about the boys discovering silent movies, because the joke is that oh, there's you know it's the latest entertainment. Of course, they're late to the party. But the point is not that they're late to the party. The point is they love these movies. They actually like Lenny and Squeaky look at these films and see a place that they could have they could have existed in those stories, you know, as those actors and and what have you. And I mean, their wild personalities would have worked. So I just I just think that those elements of appreciation and those elements of genetic the genetic history of the art form and all that I think is is beautifully done. Yeah, that's that's kind of my main overall first impression of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just so good. It is so good. It's so good. So well thought out. So well directed. So well written. So well staged. 
There are several angles in this episode that look like it was ripped straight from the silent era. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's just like there's a specific low wide angle of David during the cowboy mm-hmm. uh, scene, mm-hmm. the cowboy skit that absolutely looked like it could have been ripped from the silent era. It's real good, real good stuff, real good acting. Whew. Yeah, because uh, the um, yeah, a lot of the uh, the close ups and coverage they get for this episode is um, is fantastic, and we've we've already discussed that for season six they've really like exploded in the amount of coverage they're trying to get for every scene, and it was kind of weird that like the previous episode, the Road to Burbank, was kind of back to the normal like master shot, couple of closes, like two three cameras running simultaneously kind of things, and here it it comes back to what we've been seeing with like um. Uh, Studio City and Grand Opening and etc. It's a lot more coverage going on, and because of that, that that sort of freedom of of saying, okay, we can put the camera wherever we want. We could do this. We could do that. They've redressed the sets. They've done all of this expansion, and it's it's really impressive. I'm I'm sorry. I feel like I'm 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 hogging the 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 microphone here, but it's it's God. I I adore this episode. Yeah. No. No. It's okay. It's okay. I I anticipated you really loving this one. I was trying to keep it under wraps. As much as I could, until we got to it, so that you wouldn't see too many uh, things about it, so you'd be surprised by it. So I'm glad I had an effect on you. Thank you. Okay. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Which is your favorite segment? <laughs> oh God, I like. I really like every single one of them for a different reason. My two favorites are probably the Valentino segment for shallow reasons, because Michael looks great in it. <laughs> That's what I like. My other one, I really love the World War II, World War One segment because it's got a great punchline. Boy's hilarious in it. Uh, every, everything else is really good though. Everything else, the cowboy segment's really good too. Especially the cowboy segment, the way they stage it, the way the rapid patter of the gags. Mm-hmm. But the gunfight accidentally kills everybody else in the room. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it kills everybody. Oh, poor Pop. I Even know, Pop poor gets. Pop. Uh... Poor Pop. Poor Sunny. Poor Carmine. Just goes whoop whoop. Yep. And uh and yeah, the the painting gets dropped on Carmine, yeah. uh, the piano player, yeah. and uh yeah. uh yep. Uh uh stick it back to the beginning. I love that the girls I love that Laverne and Frank have that bond over baseball. That feels so them. I love that they have that bond. They're they're still New Yorkers, aren't they? Yeah. At heart they're still New Yorkers. They're always gonna be New Yorkers. And I think that's adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely being horrified about the, the ball being made out of uh, animal products. Cowhide. <laughs> oh, God. Not all the ponies make it to the mages. That's right. That's right. Right. Horse hide. Horse hide. Horse hide. Uh, the Sunny and Laverne thing is getting stronger here. Much. Yes. We are getting stronger. We, we, they're officially basically a couple by now, though that's pretty obvious before then, but it's even more obvious here. Uh, Carmen getting called away for an emergency singing telegram. The Vice Squad likes singing telegrams. <laughs> yeah, I found that interesting. The uh, this the 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 Vice Squad. It just it feels it feels like a very martial verse in an adorable fashion. That though the Vice Squad being the ones to have the party is more like this show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love every part of this. I love every part of the fact that you picture them. You picture little Laverne and Frank going to a baseball game together. Arguing about the teams, arguing about the stats. Mm-hmm. A little chunk of Americana, as you put mm-hmm. it. 
I, I do love then when Edna refers to it as uh, America's favorite pastime and the boys get a very... Yeah, they bite their palm, the lolly bites his goes... They know what America's favorite pastime is, apparent, allegedly. <laughs> I mean, in this day and age, that's much more accurate, though. Yeah, true, true. Well, well, uh, football, even football and basketball are up there now at this point. Especially football. Yeah, but, yeah. well, and also I'm Portlander, so <laughs> Rip City. Yeah. I love Shirley. I know he's sexy, but keep your hands off of him. <laughs> that was such a great Edna <laughs> line. She is used so well here, even though they don't use her enough still. Mm-hmm. There's some great bet, the great base stuff. And just the way we like, lean and greasy, just the way we like, you like him. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's a great hello gag. Uh, uh, the rooster ribs. Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so many cute little stuff. And I also... It's like the you know like Pop is the sweet uncle here, making sure the kid isn't lonely. It's like your father's my day, but it's like you know it's yeah. making sure you're you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. You're gonna have a, you're yeah. gonna have you're gonna be safe. You're gonna yeah. you know you're not gonna be sitting next to a stranger. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. Plus, he really wanted to go to the game. Let's be real. He really yeah. really wanted to go to the game. Which is the other thing is like it's times when you go like when you go to these sort of events, you want to go with somebody who loves that stuff because there's yeah. you get to have that experience of passion. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if it's genuine, then it's genuine. You know, mm-hmm. it's genuine as genuine and frank and ergo they are going to have a uh, good time together, all of them. All of them. They're so cute. I kinda wanna find out what happened after that game. Mm-hmm. Did you wanna find out what the heck happened during the game? Like did anybody get hit? Well, uh it <laughs> What if Shirley catches a foul ball and she's uh, oh, she's trying to she runs off trying to rescue it? Because oh, I, <laughs> I just love that line, you know. Okay, I'll go to this ball game, but I'll be rooting for the ball. Oh, poor girl, poor poor girl. Uh, the boys are all upset they didn't get invited to the game because they used to be the girls' favorites. Yeah, that was which, that was cute. Adorable, adorable. Uh, and they think the silent movies are new. Yes. Melt your jujubes. All great lines. I love that they're so impressed with this new art form they've never seen before. And they're so into it. It reminds me of the enthusiasm which with they embraced My Fair Lady. Yes, exactly. But yeah. I mean, that just shows they are men of culture yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're cultured. And they can embrace any kind of art if it entertains them and makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I think that's sweet. I love that this poor actress is just sitting there trying to have her meal. Mm-hmm. Reading, reading her photo play magazine. Yeah, reading her photo play magazine. And then Lenny awkwardly approaches her and he sounds like Squiggy and then turns it to himself. Did you notice the very, very subtle acting shift in Michael? I did not. Mostly because I was focusing on him breaking the lettuce and thinking that was hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's very, it is hilarious, too. But you know, you get you know, look at his posture, look at his facial expression. He goes and he says, "Woman." He calls her a woman, which is a very much a squiggyism. Oh yeah, okay. woman. Yeah, okay. And then he kind of melts and gets a little goofier, and he's Lenny again. Eggs is eggs, huh? <laughs> the difference there. I love it. Uh, that's Milwaukee term. They don't understand that over yeah. here. Yeah, understand that. Sorry, I broke your lettuce. <laughs> I love this is so masterful because it shifts from Lenny doing a squiggy impression to being himself. He's just yeah. That's, I love that. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and and the gal herself, Sarah Kennedy, she becomes the uh, the fantasy girl in all the uh, yes. all the daydreams. Yes. And so she's only credited as attractive girl, but uh, I, I want to do. I want to make sure to mention this because this is really cool about her. Because 
Unfortunately, it was her last year as an actor. Uh, according to IMDb, her last credit came right after on an episode of Barney Miller. So this is like her second to last time she ever appeared in anything. But she was very prolific up to this point. And so she was like a regular performer on Laughing. Uh, she was featured in three Love America style segments, a regular on Emergency Plus Four, and even had the starring role in Stephanie Rothman's The Working Girls alongside Cassandra Peterson, which is it's just kind of cool to see this like very passionate you know, performance out of her. Cause she, I love how she throws herself into this. Like you was saying, the nesting plants, like that delivery is so perfectly subtle. It's a well-massaged, you know, uh, uh, line delivery. I would love to see, I wish we could see more of her because after this, this, this episode, God, she's so much fun. And yeah, yeah, she does really well. And that's the thing is really she good. acts really well with Michael and David because you see that yeah. those because as you were pointing out, you know, da- Michael's doing these little subtleties. And again, I wonder yeah. how much of that is Alan saying, like, do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, and, yeah. and talking yeah. talking it out. And uh, I mean, the, this is the fifth episode for Roger Garrett, too. So, I mean, this is this is a very experienced crew having a good time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's pretty much everybody just cut loose and having a great, a great, grand old, a grand old week mm-hmm. on the set. Mm-hmm. Notice that in the background, player piano version of the Laverne Shirley theme song. I didn't catch that. I feel bad I didn't catch yes! that. It's in the western scene. Oh, that's it's in the cute. Western and of course, all the sets here you'll notice completely, re- except for I think the World War One skit. Everything is a redressed set. Yes. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe so because it's the the kitchen yeah. for the horror movie for the the Doctor yeah. Hyde was it uh, Mister yeah. was it Mister Heckle and Mister he- uh, Doc- Doctor Jekyll and Mister Heckle yes which is very cute Heckle and Jekyll reference yes. uh, it's then it's the yeah the the cowboy bills for the saloon and the yep. apartment for the um yeah the girls apartment for the Rudolph Valentino and the bedroom for yep. von Stroheim yes it is. Yes, indeed. Those are all correct. That's exactly right. I love that. I love the way they repurpose what they had. Keeps the budget down and it's also fun, a little, fun little inside wink. Mm-hmm. For once, you get to see Michael with his hair dry. No grease in it. That was as in the cowboy sketch. Yeah. What did you? What? How did you feel about that? Oh, I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple woman. That's very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> It's very, it's, oh. there are times when your love of Michael is so incredibly cute, I must say. Thank you. <laughs> he, he, he looks great. The, act, the acting is what's incredible here. David just gently loves the scenery throughout this whole sketch. <laughs> he is so great. He looks great with that five o'clock shadow as this evil, 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 murderous rustler here, this evil murderer. Yeah, it's, I love the, uh, it's like, he killed her father. What? He killed her father! Her father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So you great. You stay away from her. Stay away. I killed her dad so she'd notice me. <laughs> that feels like such a squiggy thing. I feel like like a meaner squiggy absolutely would. Oh, totally. Kill a girl's father just to make her, somebody yeah. notice him. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. Can you imagine Lenny and Squeaky let loose on Westworld? Oh God. <laughs> oh man. Oh Westworld. Oh, I'm picturing. I'm picturing a uh, mashup now. Oh no. Man. Oh, that's fun. That's fun as that. A fast horse and a good woman, or a good horse and a fast woman. Mm-hmm. You can't live life without one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he also had a gun. The gun didn't make no noise either. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
second one. Yeah, so that was uh, uh so yeah, that first segment is a shootout at the saloon. I'm making I made sure to yep, mark down the titles. Yep, yep. My no- my note by the way for for the uh Jekyll and Hyde parody is this is hilarious and also very gay. Yes. Oh, that was also my note for the World War One parody. This is a very 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 queer episode. Yes. It is a very queer episode. <laughs> um the the girl is an Okay, I actually have a mom note here. I haven't had one of these in a while, but uh he's he's <laughs> He's like, I told you I'm never to be disturbed. And my mom goes, he is disturbed. <laughs> and man, Michael hams it up. Like the whole like thing where he drinks yes. the water instead of the potion first yes. is is amazing. And then they, yes. and they sneak a hello yes. gag into this. Yes. Yes. It's like, great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Michael looks great in dramatic eye makeup is my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he looks like how I feel when I'm planning Cthulhu tabletop game uh, stuff. Yes, you did, you did mention that. You mentioned that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the World War One segment is so well thought out. Oh, yeah. Because in extreme shorthand, you see these two characters bond. Mm-hmm. You find out they got the same sweetheart. Mm-hmm. They plan to kill each other. Then they have to deal with a huge threat where they both might die. And then the girl arrives to shoot them right in the butts and say, I'm marrying my photographer, which is a great line. <laughs> that is a great line, yeah, because he made her look so good in the yeah, photo. Yeah, yeah. You're both too good for me. I'm marrying my photographer. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and they just put it's the bomb perfect. in her arms and walk away. Yep, 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 yep. My note for that is gay. Yay. Because <laughs> it's very much intended to be a bros for hoes moment, but no, it's just gay, very gay. Uh, then the looks, the uniforms, the butler. Yeah. Yes. And, and yeah, yeah. And then we go straight into uh, Eric, Eric von Squidheim takes a wife. Yes. Yes. Which is a great title. I love how accurate the makeup is in this, in this particular yes. one. Out of all the segments, the, yeah. the saloon and the von Stroheim, I think, have the best makeup. Those do have really good makeup, especially uh, the way they affect uh, five o'clock shadows, the way they affect uh, the eye makeup, the way they affect um, the uh, the costume is good too. Co- I gotta have a shout out to the costume. Oh yeah, the wardrobe maven Wes Eckert mm-hmm. took care of the men's wardrobe. His uh, scripts currently reside at the UCLA library, so do his wardrobe notes. <laughs> nice. You can actually uh, either handle that material if the library is open. You make make an appointment. You can go read it. Or you can uh, ask for mimeograph copies. Hmm. So you're saying we need to go to California at some point soon? Yeah, I gotta go. I'm not sure I'm gonna go to California. I'm not sure I'm gonna go to uh, New York because because that's where the uh, that Museum of Television uh, Arts and Sciences is, yeah. and they have every single episode of the show in its original broadcast, uh, oh. preserved in its original broadcast state. Wow. Which is basically available nowhere else at this moment. Wow. Okay. But yeah. But back to the episode. So Squigheim. The villain. Yes. I, I do love the very vaudevillian joke. You know, by the way, I'm going to seduce your wife tonight. Yes. Oh, good. I could use the night off. <laughs> and the way the Michael's expression and Dave Michael and David's expressions as they, you know, mild, you know, pretend pretend to deliver this uh, mild dialogue are hilarious. Oh. I could use the night off, but the little nod of the head is what gets me. That one. <laughs> and the the, um, the sword falling out being very suggestive yes. when she actually comes in. It, she was yes, so cute. Yes. Note that the whole room is filled with pictures of Squiggy. Yes. Yeah. And of course, he fails at seducing her. He fails at repine, which is what they were hinting at. This this works because he's so clearly outmatched. Yeah. And he gets his butt kicked. Which you wonder so if that's the reason why the butler let this happen is because he knew his wife was smart yeah. enough to know what to do. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife is. He knew his wife is tougher than uh, mm-hmm. von Squigheim. Yep, I love that. Everything's satisfactory, sir. Yes, thank your wife for me. Psh. Yep. Ah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And now we've got to break down. We got to break down this last one. Less tango in Spanish. Okay. Less tango in Spanish. I mean, hey, like I keep saying, it's very queer. Yep. Oh, it's yeah. Queer. It is. We're in the best way. Gay, gay, gay. My note for like a paragraph is gay. Gay. <laughs> gay. The way David affects a woman's posture and uses the mantilla are very nice. I'm going to just ignore the, you know, white people playing Spanish people. Yeah, it was the style at the time. Latin. It was the style at the time. And, and it was also the style they were referencing as on top yes. of that, too. Yeah, so. that, too. That, too. That, too. We had, we had so much brown and yellow face in that era, anyway. Ooh, yeah. They shoot David beautifully here. And I love the way they just build into this dance. They do not, by the way, even bothered to uh, choreograph a real tango here. Mm-mm. No, not even close. Michael Pulls disco moves. I saw those disco moves, <laughs> which is not the first or last time where he will be Lenny and do something anachronistic as a joke. Um, <laughs> you know, he's too smart to not, you know, oh, yeah. potentially have done that as a joke, is all I gotta say. Uh, the way they just build the sketch, the sketch up and how it fails for, um, for, for Lenny's character here, it fails. Mm-hmm. And the way... Yeah, it's uh, Ramon and Esmeralda, and Esmeralda's been crossed out on the sign. Yeah. The way this builds the, the base throwing. Oh, yeah. And uh, the way they, the way Esmeralda claims revenge. Yep. Well, I mean, come on. She's even wearing my gown. <laughs> it's great. Gosh, it's great. The whole thing is great. I love... That they reconcile because the audience loves them together. Yeah, that well, they cannot. Even though he's about to beat the woman there. My my note here is uh, Bravo as a Esmeralda. They cannot fight, but they are still in love. No, don't take the shirt off. It is too sexy. <laughs> it's just some fabulous shots, some fabulous lighting here. Yeah. The, oh God. Yeah. The show should have put this up for an Emmy. I don't know if they actually submitted this, you know, to the Emmys, but uh, this should have been in the real because the direction, the lighting. Uh, cinematography here. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Th- perfect. This was a super indulgent episode, and it's all the better for it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's great. It is fun. So, Ramon Esmeralda, find love again and almost kiss. Mm-hmm. The show doesn't have a cut, have two men kiss. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we got to get El Endo instead. El Endo. They got Rose gets between them, and then El Endo. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. Uh, Men were men and women were every place. Mm-hmm. This is so innocent. It's so innocent in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. It really, truly, truly is. And the punchline of the of uh, the attractive girl getting them in the with the pie in the face at the end is is perfect. Yes, yes. And uh, and the way Michael casually goes and he goes, "What do you think? Yes or no?" Yes, yes. I had to note that. And my last note is, "I love them so much." Aw, it really is, and I do. And I do. Yeah, it's it's so good. I I my note here as well mentions that it was they sort of I love that it it non-judgmentally shows the films as they were. It's got a bit yeah. of parody, but with no real irony, you know. Yes. Like we irony has been a bane for comedy in yeah. the last like 20 years. 
And especially for tributary comedy, I've actually been developing a bit of a hot take recently uh, regarding the movie Deadpool. And hmm. I'll, I'll mention this off pod because that's going to get into a whole other conversation. Yeah. But, um, but I love that this episode is tributary to what it is referencing, parodic in the, both the way it was and about the way it was. Yeah. And, you know, because like, like the, the little dialogue of like, you know, someone ta- talking like, let's see, uh, she looks sad. I think I'll buy her a drink. And the guy next to him goes, who gives a f-, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or who gives a bleepity bleep, you know, uh, yeah. like that's yeah. a great, great bit of humor. It's very mad magazine. Yeah. And it's and it's done in the style that the comedy would have been done in the silent movie, not. Yeah. At the expense of saying, oh, these movies were dumb. It's like, no, it's a great joke that you can only do in a silent movie. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. It's fond. It's very fond. It's so earnest, you know? It's very earnest. It's very sweet. And I I absolutely loved it. Yeah, me too. I really, really love this episode. The advertisement, by the way, which we will show, I think, on the YouTube version, I think, uh, calls this an affectionate swipe at silent movies. And that fits. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, it's trying to get a, a piece of the, the, the cream pie, as it were. Yeah. 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 It's a good one. I'm good. <sighs> I think we're at ranking time. I think we are. Yeah. Because, I mean, when it comes to the notes about the uh, Roger Garrett and uh, Alan Meyerson, I mean, Roger has, at this point, moved on to being a uh, script consultant on and off for a whole season, and he has a handful more episodes coming up as writer, so uh, he will actually continue until the final episode of the show in 1983. Yeah. As before, we've talked about him before, he would jump across other multiple shows, including My Two Dads, Empty Nest, and writing for a variety of sitcoms in the 90s. Um, I did want to give another shout out to Alan Meyerson. Uh, This is the last time we'll get a chance to talk about him. It's his final episode. His first episode for the show was Bowling for Raspberries, but he also gave us classics uh, such as The High Neighbor and both parts, I believe, of the festival. And he does continue working in the medium of TV for decades to come, from Baywatch to Picket Fences, Miami Vice to Boy Meets World. He's done a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and everything in between. And we just want to give a special thanks to Alan for this, because clearly he had a lot of fun putting this together. Yeah. And uh, the last th- note I do have before we get to the ranking is that I... Actually, you know what? No, well, let's do the ranking. Um, go ahead and take it first, because because I have other reasons as to why it's going to be ranking so high. Go ahead. This is a ten. Damn good. It's funny. It's not going to be an episode for you if you're looking just for the girls. If you're looking just for the girls, you're not going to do this. But if you like the boys at all in any capacity, it is unique. It's funny. It's silly. It's beautifully staged, beautifully done, beautifully written, and it's just wonderful to watch. So. Yeah, it's a 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a 10 for me as well. This is a I this probably is my favorite one so far with dating game either being tied or kind of neck and neck. It's gonna be kind of a yeah. we're gonna come down to fisticuffs for those two, but oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good I mean, this one. feels like one of the best episodes of the entire series, and it's an incredible showcase for Michael and David. I mean, they basically get to show off their comedic chops in a big way to the point that I one thing I kept coming to mind was I really wish David had gotten more work after the show. Yeah. And obviously there were reasons that it was very yeah. difficult for him and, and is very, you know, 
it makes it a further tragedy that he wasn't more active as an actor on screen because he could have been one of the greatest character actors of his generation. And the sad thing was that he booked uh, the Conan sequel. He was going to be the um, comic relief. I think I already told you. Oh, story. that's right. We talked about this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When his, yeah, his first, one of his first MS attacks. Oh, my God. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. He would have been yeah, perfect. So close. Just, uh, Although, I mean, because that means we would have gotten him and Grace Jones interacting, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would pay money to see that, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, and you can see why, you know, SNL wanted Michael. I mean, you know, you yeah. can see because there's so much here. And I wonder even to the extent of like how much they collaborated on this episode, because, you know, this is, this is an episode that I would have used to say, this is why Lenny and Squeaky need their own show. And this is the kind yeah. of stuff you can do with a Lenny and Squeaky show where yeah, yeah, it's yeah. imaginative yeah. and daydreamy and just, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's magnificent. I, I don't know yeah. if I would call it perfect, but it's pretty damn good. It is pretty good. So does this replace Haunted House? Is your favorite? It definitely is. Yeah, I'd say this pump pumps it up past Haunted House just because it's more consistent. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, to be yeah. honest, Haunted House got um, overshadowed by testing testing a long time ago. So yeah, I was wondering. Oh, I was wondering. OK, so now we have a new ranking. We have a new ranking. Well, we we, 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 we're going to get we're going to get to the, the, the those top for the show later once, you know, yeah. this is all bottom. said we'll and do done. Oh, dear. And Possibly yeah. tops and bottoms for both. Possibly. Tops yeah. and bottoms. This really is a gay episode, isn't it? <laughs> but I'm hey. All right. Happy Pride, everybody. <laughs> Happy Pride. We're probably going to put this out sometime in the winter. So <laughs> I think so. Yeah. June uh, outside. That's all I can tell y'all. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, be be have have that pride within for yourself and, you know, be be happily queer because, you know, you deserve it. You deserve to be happy and be free. Yes, yes. All of this, all of this. But uh, anyway, yeah. so, yeah, but I think this this covers uh, that covers the episode, this wonderful post Rocky horror delight. Yeah. Yes, it does. I love it. Love it. Love it. Watch it and cherish it. Watch it and cherish it. Any other any other notes to cover my love? No, nothing, nothing. Cool. All right. Uh, quick word for our sponsors on the Anchor-related uh, aggregate services, and then uh, we'll be back with our uh, what's coming up next. Okay, and thank you again, everyone, so much for joining us for Night After Night. And if you would like to know more, please find us on Twitter, Night After Night PC. Or Nine After Night Pond, Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, Patreon, YouTube. I mean, you could just Google for Nine After Night podcast, and you pretty much it comes up. I actually have to do that when I do the promo for these episodes now. Um, anywho, we had ourselves a good time, and um, actually, uh, this is the end of the batch of episodes we watched. I don't yes. know what's next. You do not. I do though. <laughs> but I can tell you what it actually is coming up next. Ooh, please do. Laverne's Sunny's nascent romance seems to be going along swimmingly, but Laverne's anxieties about Sunny's dangerous job leaves them in pushing papers. Can they find happiness? This is love out the window. Aww. That's, yeah. that's, that sounds very sweet. It also reminds me of a really good Kenji Fukusaka movie that I'll probably end up referencing yeah. through that episode. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how you feel about it. We'll see how you feel about it. All right. Well, cool. Thanks right. again, everybody. And thank you, Lisa, as always. And uh, here's to us uh, having a good time next week. Yes, indeed you do. Yes, indeed you do. And for those of you at home, make sure to tip your piano players, even if they've been shot. <laughs>